We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a tech-savvy royal family. Yes, yes, ever since the palace became Wi-Fi enabled, it's become so easy to use the Name Your Price tool on Progressive.com. I do agree, my queen. Simply telling it what we want to spend and seeing all our policy options, I'll send a screenshot to Duke, the Duke of Kent. No, my friend Duke, we're in a group chat together, LOL. It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings, and that'll get you a free contest entry today. 
All right, it is Tuesday, February 9th. Nick Whalen here, as I always am on Tuesdays, with the venerable DJ Trainer. DJ, you just got done with your first uh, Sirius XM show. You and I are both hosting now. We're on the schedule for that uh, weekly with Rotowire. How did it go? Went great. Went great. Uh, no very, surprise there. No surprises there. I mean, just hear the soothe, calming voice coming through the speakers right now, and you can only imagine how well it went. Very cool to hear the the promo music and the promo intro announcers say my name though. So that right, it's uh, it's know, a little it's more nice. legit than our podcast setup, that's for sure. Um, but we'll do a quick little cheap plug for that. Um, the Morning Press, Sirius XM Fantasy Channel, ten to eleven a.m. Central Time. Catch us on there. You can catch DVR. You can catch we, some other Rotowire guys on that. You're on Mondays, right? I am on Mondays. All right. Clay Link, I think, is on Fridays. You are Tuesdays and Thursdays? Tuesdays and Fridays. So I'm, I'm Oh, doing you're the before morning, Clay. Okay. Yep, doing the morning press on Fridays, and then Clay is going to take it home and probably talk a lot of baseball. Yeah. No one better to take it home, take you into the weekend, than the great Clay Link. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So NBA, let's talk. This is going to be all NBA. Obviously, the serious show is a little bit of a mix, uh, unfortunately for us, <laughs> uh, getting a little out of our comfort zone. But a lot going on since we last talked. Um, some teams, the Bulls, for one, the Knicks, another, uh, kind of reeling, both in kind of two different situations. But um, we'll start with the Knicks right away, I guess. So Derek Fisher's out. That news broke Monday morning. Kurt Rambis is in, sounds like, for the rest of this season. I know you have written here on our on our little outline, DJ, was this unfair? Um, and I guess I'll turn around and ask you that right away. Do you think this was an unfair firing uh, by the Knicks? No, not whatsoever. It's completely fair. I mean, his record was bad. Not a great coaching decisions. This was his first soiree into the coaching world, and it went terribly. It did not go well. And you can talk about him not having the personnel, not having reins on Carmelo and finding players or figuring out ways to work around your featured star. But it was bad. I mean, Derek Fisher was a bad NBA coach. I'll be surprised if he gets hired again. And maybe if he wants to go the normal route and start as an assistant NBA coach and work his way up the ladder, perhaps he'll learn something. But this is completely fair. Um, I, you know, we're just amidst discussion on being an NBA coach is essentially walking on thin ice. It doesn't matter what kind of acumen you have or or what kind of uh, you know you could be a future Hall of Famer like George Carl. And sounds like he's out the door as well. Yeah, I mean, George Carl, nothing's become official there. Uh, the writing, I guess, appears to be on the wall. And I don't know if that's really much of a surprise at all with this Kings organization. Um, and we could... I w- yeah, I don't want to ask you because we always refer to other podcasts because we're worldly uh, NBA listeners and um, you know researchers. I'm assuming you heard the Zach Lowe podcast with, with George Carl. I did. I listened uh, to it on Friday. Quite possibly the best line I've heard uttered all season when Lowe asked Carl about DeMarcus Cousins. And Carl said, you know what? I don't think Cousins is ever going to like anybody who's coaching him. Right. And how fair of a statement is that? Carl like, seemed like just, a cool dude on that part. Yes, he did. Can we just step back and realize that that's the truth? Like, Cousins is never going to like any coach he's ever going to have. Yeah, that's true to an extent. Um, I think you can say that probably about a lot of players. Um, you just kind of have, I mean, it depends what you define as, you know, like. Yeah, I, th- I think there are coaches that he can tolerate. I don't. I think it's, it's may- it might be fairly rare for a player to genuinely love a coach and be on board with everything that coach says. I mean, the example after example, especially, you know, star players, you don't, you know, role players, you don't really hear mentioned as, as coach killers or or anything like that but it's it's just hard i think it's hard to coexist it's hard there's a reason that you know everybody refers to the 
the Popovich Duncan relationship. It's so rare. There's never, there really isn't an example of that over the years. I mean, Kobe tried to get Phil Jackson fired at one point and, right. and re- kind of did, I guess, <laughs> the way it worked out. And it just, you know, the, the all time great coaches don't mesh with everybody. Um, I think maybe part of what makes you an all time great coach is you can mesh with the majority of players. Um, but I think it's almost impossible to, to be a universally respected and loved coach. And I guess what I got from that interview is that Carl maybe is realizing that uh, at age, whatever, he's, it must be in his high 60s now, uh, having coached in five or six different cities all over the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about the Kings, I don't know, I don't know if there's a target out there that, that you look at and say, this is the right guy for DeMarcus Cousins, because they're, you know, like Carl said, there, mu- there might just not be that guy. Yeah, I was looking into player coaches and the status of if that's a real possibility. It makes more sense with like a LeBron James character. Probably not so much DeMarcus Cousins. That's the only way I really see him completely happy in whatever situation he's in. So a couple of things just to pile on to this. Um, so next to the unfair note I have, this you know carousel of, of coaching changes going on just in this first half of the season, not the season as a whole, just the first half. Do you think teams are kind of positioning themselves and jockeying themselves for the current coaching free agents? So we're talking about Tibbs. We're talking about Scotty Brooks. We are talking about Mark Jackson, whether people like it or not, and even Luke Walton. I mean, those are four quality coaches right there that are on the market right now. Why not just let these guys know right from the get-go, like the Knicks are doing, perhaps like the Kings are, check us out. You want to come here? We have an open spot. Yeah, I mean, you could throw Mike D'Antoni, I think, into that list. John Calipari's name, I'm sure, will come up as it does every summer. Um, well, D'Antoni's currently employed, but you know, he's he's head coach, head coach material, right? Um, you know, I, I think in some respects you can say that it's a kind of a move to position for those guys, but at the same time, unless you're going to bring one of them in mid-season, I don't know how this necessarily helps you. Um, and the Knicks seem pretty committed, at least from what they've said publicly, that it's going to be Rambus the rest of the year and. The way that this team is trending, you know, I don't know that it necessarily matters. I think, and I said this on the XM show yesterday, is that what this does is basically gives the Knicks a sample of life with Derek Fisher through 50-odd games and then life without Derek Fisher. So if the team dramatically improves, if if things look better uh, aesthetically in the locker room, you know, then then it's kind of vindication for the Knicks to say, all right, we made the right move. You know, this basically just gives you a sample size um, for for kind of both both ways about it I guess with Fisher as a head coach without Fisher as a head coach and it's kind of a way for Rambis to audition as well so I don't think he's necessarily out of this I mean this is a guy who's been a head coach before he didn't do the greatest job in Minnesota with a pretty lackluster collection of talent so maybe that was more the issue but this is a guy that Phil clearly likes quite a bit Um, I think he'll have as much a shot as anybody but you know Tibbs apparently wants the job that was those were the reports yesterday whether the Knicks want him remains to be seen Mark Jackson, complicated, but I think it's going to take... I think there are some teams that just would never hire Mark Jackson, right? but there are other teams out there, and the Knicks might be one of them, given Jackson's history as a player in New York. Um, you know, I'm sure he's a guy that's familiar with Phil Jackson. Uh, it would be a possibility, but all these names, I think, are, are certainly upgrades over Derek Fisher. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree there. A little bit of a fad, if you will, to take a player fresh out of the NBA and just throw him into a head coaching role. Jason Kidd, did he kick it off? Steve Kerr, if you kind of want to go that route, is is as close as you're going to get with with coaches um, coming, you know, with l- no experience whatsoever, but still involved in the game quite a bit. Um, what do you expect from these teams? You talked about, you know, it's a, it's a tryout for these guys, but like legitimately, what do you think? 
Are the Knicks going to get better? Do you think they're going to get better if George Carl is fired during the All Star break? Are the Kings going to get better? Like, legitimately, just what do you think? What, I what does your gut say? No to both. I think they. I don't know if they get much worse. I don't think they get much better. I mean, the Knicks are twenty three, thirty one right now. I mean, the stand the standards are pretty low. <laughs> uh, it's 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 hard to see. You know, it's hard to say that this team was you know a coaching change away from really contending for a playoff spot. You know, I. I don't know. I think I think the the Fisher situation in some ways is maybe similar to the Blatt situation in that the team wasn't. I mean, it hasn't been a complete disaster. I don't know what the expectations were. This team they're won too, seventeen games last year. Yeah, they're, so again, this is a team that's on the rise. If you right. look at last year, it's a, a, a with the way that Porzingis has turned out. I mean, it's it's. I think you kind of have to be. This season quickly went from, you know, let's kind of let's get our way to free agency next year. Let's hope that Aflalo and Lopez can kind of keep us afloat. And that's really what happened for the first couple months. But then with Przingis emerging, it kind of switched to, oh, wow, okay, we have a future piece now. Developing this guy is maybe more of a priority than we thought it would be right away. Um, so I, don't, I, think it, I think it was an odd move just because I didn't, really, I didn't really know what their expectations were, I guess. They've already won six more games this year than they did all of last season. And, and to be fair, the injuries piled up last year and things got pretty rough towards the end. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if this, this move is motivated. The reason I compared it to Blatt is because I think relative to expectations, Fisher did all right. I mean, it's hard to sit here and compliment a coach who's eight games under five hundred. Uh, in the East, you know, with a roster that has Carmelo Anthony on it. Um, but I think there's something about the way he was running the team, the way that the team was responding to him that Phil Jackson didn't like. And even though bringing in a guy like Rambis probably isn't going to make this team drastically better in the short term, I think they just wanted to clear up the culture issues more than anything else. Yeah, most definitely. I think that certainly is a good breakdown of it. I, It's just so odd, I guess, and that's what people are – are kind of focusing on right now is that when teams are trending upward, like like this Knicks team, like the Cavs, because last year the Cavs were, uh, you know, a 500 team through the first three months of the season, and even like the Warriors a couple years ago, Mark Jackson took that team and improved them and helped Clay Thompson and Steph Curry be the players they are today. And oh yeah, the team got better out of the dumps from the Monte Ellis bogut days right and so it, it's weird there's just no precedent anymore for being an NBA coach it doesn't matter that you're on the upward swing um, and I think that the situation and these situations are more complicated when you have those big free agent coaches out there looming if there was nobody out there I'm not so sure we'd be seeing you know these guys and we didn't even mention Kevin McHale yeah I don't know. I, I think you know like I said before I don't know what if you're going to go ahead and just promote internally like the Knicks did and you know we don't know what would happen with the Kings in this situation but I don't know what advantage that you know what advantage that gives you if you're hiring Kurt Rambis for the rest of the year or you know whether you fire Derek Fisher in February or you fire him in May I don't know if that gives you any better chance to land any of these guys I mean Uh, I would yeah I would just say that these the particular free agent coaches now in their head they're thinking oh this is a real possibility to me you know yeah Tibbs is saying man, I would love to live in New York. Or Mark Jackson is like, I'd love to stop being in TV or whatever. So you're just, if anything... To get off of TV. You just need to get off of TV. Somehow. Get rid of this particular type Can't of thing. Can't get off the TV. Um, I think that, if anything, you're just planting a seed in their head. Sure. Saying this is a real possibility. Think it over. Um, we're so serious about having you that we'll fire their coach right now. 
That's true. Yeah, I, I just think if you want those guys, you go out and get them right away. I mean, Tibbs would right. certainly go join the Knicks right now, I think, if they asked. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, they have not fired a coach. They fired a coach last offseason. The Hoiberg era, off to a bit of a rough start. They get blown out on the road in Charlotte last night. This one was pretty much over um, early in the first half, really, with the, the way that this margin worked out. They were <laughs> they allowed 38 points in the first quarter. They were down 18, entering the second. Uh, no Jimmy Butler. So to be fair, I mean they're they're down by far their best player, their best player probably on both ends of the court. I don't know if he's going to play Wednesday. I doubt it. You know, with a with a week with no a week way. off looming. I mean, who knows if he's even going to play in the All Star game on Sunday? But three straight losses for the Bulls. They've lost five of six. They've tumbled to seventh now in the East, and you don't love their chances, I guess, without Butler uh, against Atlanta on Wednesday. Then they get the break, and out of the break, they're at Cleveland and home to Toronto, the two best teams in the East. This could get ugly pretty quick. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So my question in general is, are we ready to talk about Hoiberg and whether he was a good addition, or do we need to wait on the personnel and say, Hoiberg likes to run an up-tempo offense. It's what he did in Iowa State. He ran everybody out of the gym. And sure, you're not going to have leagues or you know college and pro game perfectly. Um, you know, it's not going to be a smooth transition. But this group of guys we have on the Bulls right now is not necessarily set up to way he would ideally like to play the game of basketball. So, um, you know, are we at a blow the Bulls up situation? Are we at a we're going to stick with the personnel we have? Oh man, maybe we shouldn't have hired Hoiberg or something like that. Um, in general, what's the pulse on the Bulls? Because I think that you can make the argument that they're just like any other team that should heavily consider blowing up everybody on their roster. They, they're they kind of in that same situation. You know, Like you mentioned, I think Atlanta is in that category. Um, Indiana, to a certain degree, although they have a couple of nice younger pieces that you know they can certainly build around in, in George and Miles Turner and even... I mean, even George Hill is is not a franchise point guard, but he's not a guy that you're necessarily looking to to rush out of town. Um, but the age on this Bulls roster, too. I mean, Derrick Rose, years wise, is still young, but the way that that his body is aged, obviously, I think they they, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily balk at the opportunity to get rid of that contract. Joe Kim Noah, who knows what's going to happen there? Taj Gibson's over thirty. Powell's getting into his upper thirties. The core of this team has already reached their peak or is already coming down you know so I think it's hard to see this team making any kind of run even with Jimmy Butler you know they're a f- you know probably the fourth or fifth best team in the east and this is a team that's undergoing a drastic stylistic change from defensive focus slow pace to high pace offensive focus it hasn't necessarily worked out I mean they're only three games over 500 I don't know I don't know that they can necessarily blow it up right now um, although they do have some pieces that teams would want, you know, I mean, Pau Gasol, yeah. I think is kind of the obvious one. He's on a nice deal. Noah's done for the year. Nobody's taken that, uh, Rose almost impossible to trade with that contract. They're not trading Jimmy Butler. No, um, he's the only one I Portis, say. I think Portis is an untouchable. I don't think they would certainly not try to trade him, but if they had to include him as an attachment to, you know, say they ship out, say they find a suitor for Rose and, and they say, all right, you got to sweeten it by giving us Portis. 
you know, maybe they do something like that. But if we're talking about bringing in big name talent, like a Blake Griffin or something like that, that then is, you part ways with Portis. It's just it's what you have to do to attain a big trade. Yeah, like, I don't. Uh, th- I don't own. think they have any any kind of assets to get Blake. It would have to be. It would have no. to be sort of a mid level addition. And well, I agree. But th- then that that proves the point even more so that then they would probably have to deal Portis if they were trying to blow things up here. Yeah, and they're in that they're in that zone where they're still good enough that they're going to get a pick in the late teens, early twenties. So you you can't really tank with this roster by any means because you're, you're too good to tank. But you also know you're not beating Cleveland. You're probably not even beating Toronto at this point. And who knows? I mean, you're at seventh place in the East. I mean, something's got to turn around. And again, when Butler's healthy, this is a different team. But is this a team that you think can win three playoff series and get to the finals? Like, not even close. No. If we're looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now. Hornets are trending upwards. MKG is back. He's doing great things for that. I love the um, I love the MKG Batum Walker. I think they just really mesh all really well together, um, and they're gonna they're gonna cause some problems. Right now, they're on the outside looking in at twenty six and twenty six as the nine seed. Pistons trending upwards. The Pacers are a very solid team, and the Hawks are a very solid team too. Even though we're talking about blowing those two, two teams up, you look at the Bulls, and you there's nothing. You're not really grabbing onto anything like when this happens, these guys are really going to hit their stride. They they're just fumbling along this season, and in all honesty, they're kind of lucky to be number seven in the East right now. With the yeah, I mean the the timing of the Butler injury. Uh, obviously isn't great although with the all-star break coming up it does kind of give them a built-in rest period there but yeah I mean with those two games coming out of the break Cleveland and Toronto I mean this could be they could be on a six-game losing streak uh, pretty easily after those two contests so we'll see what goes on with Chicago I, I think stock is certainly down on them but there'll be a team to watch at the deadline Dunleavy coming back I guess would be the one thing that you'd grasp at but he's yeah. back he started last night Almost by force. Mike Dunleavy. I mean, he's a good player, good piece, not the guy that's going to change your season. Well, you know what, though? We did did talk about him a couple months ago and saying, like, maybe he's exactly what they need to get things going. But I think we're at the point right now where it doesn't matter. No, I don't don't think they're a Dunleavy away from getting back into the top three. The Nuggets. on a t-shirt. Yeah, the, the Nuggets, the Hawks, two teams that are kind of in that zone as well. You know, you have here, do the Nuggets maybe blow things up? Blowing things up for them would be different because they don't have a veteran core. They have a bunch of pretty promising young guys, kind of like the Magic in a lot of ways. Sure. Some guys who are a little bit further along in their development, some who are still really young. Uh, all guys, for the most part, that I think teams like. You know, I, I don't know if Denver's rushing to trade any of these guys. I think, I think they just kind of have a glut of pretty good players who clearly aren't good enough to actually win you anything. But what that means is you can package a few of right. them, feel comfortable about doing that, and actually get a valuable asset. Yes. So we saw some floating around. Of course, we we're just always passing along the trade machine, the ESPN's trade machine. We saw something that works for Blake Griffin, and you're, you know you're you're dumping Gallinari. Uh, but I mean Barton, they're not really utilizing him to his full potential. So you have to think that he'd be worthy of a trade for whatever reason. Mike Malone likes Gary Harris. Harris must be the best practice player in the nba history um just a hustle guy but anyways the point being that you could dish out three of these guys on the roster right now and you would still feel comfortable about the roster you have much less who you're getting in return for those three guys so while the nuggets have a nice team i think that they should be um you know they should be fierce on the trade market because they have the assets to do so yeah, they're similar to Boston to me, a, a less talented Boston team, I guess, in that you have all these assets stockpiled that contending teams might want and 
up and coming teams might want. I mean, a guy like Farid. I mean, I don't I don't know where he could end up landing, but I mean, he's a guy who would be you know of, of a ton of interest to to teams that want to make a run. Gallinari, and then too. you got those young centers that I think any team would you know kind of want to take off their hands and. I guess to Denver, they just kind of have to figure out their direction. You know, which of these guys do you want to keep? Which ones do you want to maybe flip for? I don't know. I mean, you flip a mid-level guy to bring in, you know, some sort of veteran type of, you know, just kind of a stabilizing force. You try to get more picks. I think they're they're kind of in the middle right now. I think Moutier's fairly untouchable. Uh, it would just it would take a very bizarre move for them to trade him. You know, I, I mean, it's hard to say he's untouchable, but I, I don't think they want to trade him. I don't know why they would. Um, but other than that, I think you got. I mean, Barton, I almost think they should kind of try to sell high on. Yes. I don't know if I'm sold on him. I mean, he's already been so up and down this year. I don't know if I'm sold on him really being the real deal long term. Um, so, I mean, he's he's certainly an interesting deadline piece, I think. Um, but, I mean, again, they just have they have so many guys on, on good contracts, so many young guys that they can they can afford to make moves and they can afford to, to be a little more cavalier, I think, because they have that depth of assets. Yeah, I mean, let's let's look at it here. If, if they get rid of Gallinari in one of the centers, they still have solid depth at center with Jokic, Nurkic, and Lavernier. And then you would start Barton, and you're going to get somebody in return. So maybe you want a shooting yeah. guard to shore that up. I mean, there's a lot of flexibility they have with this roster. And I think it would be, I'm going to go ahead and say it, just a dumb mistake if they didn't try to ship away some of these assets here. Yeah, I mean it, the deals will probably be available in the off season too. Uh, it's just it's just an opportunity, depending on what you're getting back to, to get worse. Because if you're Denver, you know I think you can kind of <laughs> you can kind of back your way into the lottery here. You're only up two wins on New Orleans. You're only up five wins on Minnesota. You start you sell off a couple of these guys, maybe grab some picks. All of a sudden, this becomes a legitimate maybe top five lottery team. Um, but the, yeah, the Barton thing is odd. I think you kind of. Again, he's been inconsistent, uh, but I also think he's proven that he probably deserves a, a chance to start for this team and then you know, at least prove his worth in that regard. Uh, the last team I wanted to talk about is the Hawks, and this is one that I added. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, – the talk has been there, I guess, really since the beginning of the season, at least in my mind, that this that questions about this core. You know, What is the ceiling for this core? And I think we maybe saw that ceiling last year. Really good regular season team not a team that's built for a playoff run. And now there's, there's a Brian Windhorst article that's out Tuesday morning kind of suggesting that maybe they might think about blowing this core up as the deadline comes. Um, and this is this would be the definition of blowing up a core, really. I mean, you have veteran players, uh, some older than others, you know, Millsap over 30, T, uh, Corver in his mid-30s. And and the most interesting spinoff, I guess, that I've seen here. I mean, we, we know that Millsap and Horford. We've seen speculative deals for them for the last couple of weeks. But apparently, if if this blow up were to happen, the Cavs would be more than happy to take Kyle Korver off the Hawks' hands. Yeah, I, I've talked about this with Josh Hayes and a few other people's too. That the Cavs are looking for a spot up three point shooter. And my answer to them is, you know, like, you have J.R. Smith, like. I mean, isn't that exactly what J.R. Smith is? Instant offense. If if LeBron, K-Love, or Irving are not at the co- on not on the court at any points, which shouldn't happen anymore, like it did at the beginning of the season, J.R. Smith can run your offense. He can be the main main shooter. He, I mean, this is mm, this happened. I'm not saying he can do it sometimes. I mean, what happened in the finals last year? He was terrible. Well, no, I no, I'm right there with you, but I'm just saying that 
I, I don't know. Like you've made your bed with J.R. Smith, who's a long range threat. He can shoot the ball and he's bad on defense. So why do you want to bring in somebody else who hasn't even been doing that great this year with the only thing that he can do, which is shoot threes? That's true. I mean, he's still shooting 38%. Uh, I mean, by Corver standards, that's not great at all. I think, I think obviously you're hoping that he would, he would increase that. I mean, he's shooting 44% from the corner. I think that's, he would be, he would basically be the, the Ray Allen. Uh, he would fill the Ray Allen role that, that he filled for Miami. And that was, there are some games where he would only play a couple minutes in the first half, but there were also games where he'd play almost the entire fourth quarter. Um, I mean, you can, you can just imagine a, a Kyrie, JR, Corver, LeBron love lineup I mean, how do you stop that no i agree but here's the thing that you you told me is if you bring in somebody like corver maybe this was josh i just you guys all run together um that's not the case whatsoever but you're essentially you're saying iman schumper is not going to be on the court as much so your defensive dynamic really just well, in all yeah i mean i think stays. i think it would be jr who's on the court less to be honest i, th- okay. I think they need Schumpert's defense it just gives him another scoring option and it gives him a guy that you can play instead of richard jefferson and i think that's the op- the ultimate goal right now for the Cavs to just keep Richard Jefferson off the court you're the best with that you're Lavoy Allen and you keep you keep Lavoy Allen and Richard Jefferson yeah. off the court campaigns have been yeah Lavoy Allen though has he's been all right I, I I feel bad for criticizing him as much as I did really? earlier in the year I mean he's, he, Who hasn't are been, you? he hasn't been great Richard Jefferson I just can't stand to watch yeah no anymore I, I really soured on him a couple years ago when he was playing for Utah and they asked him you know like would you consider leaving another team? He's like, yeah, I'm a hired assassin. I'll go wherever anybody wants me to go. <laughs> He's like employed by the Jazz, and it's like, come hired on, hired assassin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the the Corver stuff is all speculative. I think he defensively isn't what they need, but just adding that punch. Even I mean, even if he plays only 12 minutes per game in the playoffs, which is pretty low, but I mean, the Cavs are pretty stacked uh, at the two and the three at this point. Um, especially will, the two. Yeah, I will say you're seeing Delavadova shoot threes a lot more often. LeBron is. He's been a better shooter than Corver. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is crazy. But ideally, you would you would rather have Corver there shooting that ball instead of Delavadova. Yes. And credit to to Deli for adding that to his game to the point where LeBron trusts him to to shoot that. Yeah. I will say I think Deli shoots more wide open threes than anybody else in the league, though. Oh, well, he needs to because of the, the right. The trebuchet release it doesn't it doesn't necessarily lend well to coming off a screen and just and then just kind of launching <laughs> like curry it. does yeah no he kind of you know like bends down yeah it's a, a process prayer, it's a, gets it up yeah you his, have to, i mean you have time you have a lot of time account. i usually go make food but, you know as <laughs> right. Le, like lebron will skip it and you know as the ball's in the air I'm like all right here's a great opportunity to you know go to the bathroom go throw something in the microwave and, and the crazy thing is lebron is so aware that he has to give delhi you know 20 seconds left on the shot clock to to go through that process. I mean, how so. many shot clock violations have we seen? Yeah. If Delhi catches with 18, it, it's over. Uh, but speaking of him, he's been hurt. I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. It sounds like they're going to give him the all-star break uh, to recover. But And I'll say this about pretty much any like game-time decisions, questionable calls over the next couple of days. I would just assume that they're out. Does it really make sense to, to throw out a guy – um, when he's dealing with a lingering injury, when he's about to go, arguably, you know, on a nine, ten day absent, it makes no sense. So we're talking about Tobias Harris, Marcus Sauls, Delis, all those guys. Butler, uh, just don't expect him on the court. You got to plan your lineups around him for the rest of the. Duration. Some guys will just go though. I don't. I mean, it's it's hard to fault a guy certainly, sure. and I think you can also make the argument that if a guy's close, they'll go because they have the extra break to recover. Yeah. Whiteside's in that category tonight too. I. I'm with you though. I think you have the extra rest. I mean, this is a this is a long season. You got 30 plus games coming after the break. I think 
got to take the extra rest. Be part of all the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. With DFS, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want, pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in custom leagues to prove you are the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS. That'll let you play free with your first deposit. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. Again, that promo code is ROTOHOOPS. You can use that at DraftKings.com. Got a small slate tonight. Love playing on the small slate, so I'll certainly be over on I might, I might get back in tonight. You know, I took a few days off. Uh, played some college basketball DFS over really? the weekend. Really? did not tell got, me about this. Well, yeah, it was part of the, are you not in the RotoWire contest thing? Okay. So well, if it makes me feel any better, I'm eliminated. Are... I think both James and I are eliminated after week one. I, I put together what I thought was a pretty nice lineup. Not the case. Not the case whatsoever. Did terribly. Yeah, that's a whole beast. I mean, you're talking about a deep player pool, I'm assuming. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it was a pretty deep player pool. It was Saturday's slate. So, you know, I, I, I did well at the top. I think I went Brandon Ingram, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I had some Valentine shares. So things went well there, but my my value plays which are which are such a crapshoot in college basketball right. you know you're going with the the fourth scoring option from Cincinnati and just praying uh those did not turn out well but a lot of fun and you know that that's always fun to do on both DraftKings and and really any other site uh that that offers college basketball let's get to our grab bag questions we have more uh, I did a couple of these on the pod with James but it looks like the ones you picked out here no overlap which is nice uh, so we'll get right down to these right away. And and again, if you listened last week, we basically just compiled a, a bunch of just kind of random topics, random questions, kind of provocative uh, think questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, provocative not, well, not is like, a key word there. Yeah, I mean, pro- provocative has many meanings, but, you know. Provocative not, for a couple of guys like me and you, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borderline erotic. Um, so, DJ, who's getting maxed or near maxed this summer? Basically, who's going to get a big contract or an extension who should not receive one? Don't say anything about erotics and then max within five seconds of each other. Well, um, maximum erotica. <laughs> is it? Wait, is it erotica? Eroticness? Don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Don't care. That's neither here nor there. Just but anyway, trying to keep just trying to stay employed which, here. Um, give me some, give me some players. Yeah, that's that's the goal always with these podcasts. Uh, give me some players who are going to get deals this summer that are going to be overpaid, and there are going to be some. Yeah, you, thank you for listing a few options here, but the one that just rings so true to me, and thank you for highlighting it in our notes right now, Ryan Anderson. I think he's going to be overpaid, right? So this guy is essentially, he stretches the court as a stretch four, obviously, but then on defense, what does he do for you? He's a sieve. He helps the other team. I think he's overvalued. I think this league right now, for whatever reason, not not for whatever reason, the reason is Draymond Green. The league is in love with a Draymond Green who can play the four, play the five, stretch the court, and we're looking at Ryan Anderson and trying to project that same type of value or that same type of offensive dynamic onto him only because he can shoot the three at a high clip. I don't like it. I don't think he's anywhere near as versatile as Draymond Green is. I think that should go without saying. But the simple fact that he can stretch the four doesn't mean that he's a max player. However, I think somebody's going to pay him you know, close to max this offseason. Yeah, it's hard to project the the salary that he'll receive, but I mean, you look at the Middleton deal, uh, something along along those lines, maybe. I'd... Well, Middleton was kind of the first contract that we saw the you know the salary cap influence in the next few years. I think we're going to be in a five year window or a five year gap here, where 
prices aren't going to really make sense. You're going to have some that are left on the old salary cap, some on the new, and that's going to allow teams like, I don't know if we want to get into it, where the Warriors could potentially bring on Durant and it would make fiscal sense for that to happen. We're just in a weird five-year window right now where that's possible. I think you know in five years you're going to see the, the market adjust and readjust where everybody is valued accordingly. But, I mean, let's kick it off. Let's, let's get some weird contracts going here, and that could start with Ryan Anderson. I don't want. Yeah, I have nothing really bad to say about Ryan Anderson. Defensively, he leaves some things to be desired. Obviously, the health has been a concern. Uh, played 81 games in 2012-13, but since then it's been 22-61, uh, and he's at, at 49 this season, which is for, by his standards uh, not bad at all. So, I mean, he gives. He is what he is at this point. You know, he's a, a volume shooter from three a guy who's probably going to shoot in the upper 30s maybe the low 40s you know if you're lucky going to give you 15 to 20 points with that potential to go for 35 uh, on some nights but you can't ask him to be a playmaker um and that's the thing and he has i think the size is intriguing he's been a very good rebounder uh, throughout his career an underrated rebounder for a guy who's not a great great athlete um but he's also just never really fit in anywhere. You kind of have to have that right system. Uh, that I think Orlando was maybe the best example of where he fit best, uh, kind of filling that post Rashard Lewis role for them to being a stretch four. But it, if he's not in the right offense, uh, I think he can get exploited. And he, he's part of the reason that this New Orleans defense has been so bad this year. Yeah. So a couple things about that. I think that he would be it would behoove him well to go join forces again with Stan Van Gundy. You know how much Stan loves to stretch four. He's using Ersan Ilyasova in that role right now. Much rather probably use Ryan Anderson or the tandem of the two off the bench or just always having somebody of that caliber off the bench. Here's the thing, and here's why I don't think this guy is deserving of a max deal, even though he could get it, is if we look at this Pelicans team, that's a very bad team right now. What is he, the fourth best player on this team? If we're talking about Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, may, depending on I think on you could you argue about, as high as two, and maybe as low as three or four. But the money he's about to get is going to be worthy of wherever he ends up, a top three player on that team. The problem is a championship team needs – Ryan Anderson to be the fifth or sixth best player on the team, and I just don't think it can work out that way. It, to- it totally depends. He's one of the like, like I just said. I mean, he's one of those guys that, in certain situations, can be extremely productive. In other situations, can look like a bad contract. Uh, other guys who are going to be you know names that are going to be up this summer. Whiteside is he, he's going to get maxed. What team? If you're if the team that you follow, whatever team that is, hypothetically, I know it's the Thunder, but you know, let's say that you're a, a fan of you know, Sacramento go, or some let's do Portland Trailblazers. Here. Sure, yeah. Blazers have room. A lot of teams will be able to sign them, but would you want your team to sign Hassan Whiteside to a max deal? Uh, if I'm the Trailblazers, I say yes. If I'm, hmm. it's a tough one because. This is just a yes or no. I don't care what situation it is. Just yes, yes. or no. Do you want Hassan yes. Whiteside locked up on a guaranteed four or five year, whatever million dollar deal it'll be? Yes. Is he not the best rim protector in the whole league? He's the best rim protector, I think. I think that's fair, yeah. If you look at it purely from that standpoint, then you have to say the best rim protector in the league probably should be locked up at a max deal, and any team would be happy to have him if you look at it purely from that. There aren't a lot of centers that are going to give you offensive production anymore in general. And he's not terrible. He's middle of the road in terms of getting you a bucket if he needs to. So I, I think that any team would be very happy to have him at a very high rate. 
I think that there are some teams out there that will not even entertain the talk because of the off the court issues, the the attitude issues. I think Miami, it may be more so than any team in the league, is good at covering those things up. If this was happening, if this season, if he was playing in Sacramento, I think we'd hear a lot more. Um, I I don't I don't know I don't I'm not I don't have any insider info that I'm that I'm holding out on you. I, I think there's some more things going on behind the scenes with him that haven't necessarily been publicized because of the the leadership within that organization within that roster even. Uh, so I think that that's going to cause some teams to pause for sure. It's like you're about to break some news here. Got anything to? No, no, not at all. I, I just think I think judging from some of the comments that you know Bosch and Wade have made over the last few weeks and even Spolstra, I think he's I think Whiteside's I think trying to assimilate and the fact that he's you know been so productive for them speaks to that. But I don't I don't know that Miami will necessarily be rushing out to keep him. Yeah, I, I think you're certainly right about that. I mean, let's just look at the arc of his career so far. He started in Sacramento, played there two years before coming over to Miami last year. He was out of this league for three years. And nobody really cared to give a chance or give him a chance. And when my when Miami acquired him, he was just he just turned out well. It was a flyer that really worked out. I I don't remember specifically, but I think he was just a ten day contract guy came in and just destroyed it. So a flip a uh, a uh, uh, flip a uh, switch with him, and he's been amazing. But I think there are major, major reservations because if you remember back to preseason, we talked about will this guy even remain on the team by the end of the year because of character issues and him just not being able to be an NBA player um, yeah. for both on the court and off the court reasons. I think, yeah, there's that. And then just the fact that he's on this deal that makes him so tradable because of the cost. I mean, it, I think had things gone, Miami's, I think, kind of met expectations, at least for me. Uh, you know, Top five team in the East, gone through some struggles, win some big games, lose some big games, you know, just kind of look like a team that is aging and still pretty good. You know, Winslow's not really ready to to contribute right away for them. I mean, six games over 500 going into the break, I think seems about right for them. Um, I think if they were, if something had happened, maybe if Wade had gotten, had gotten injured, he's been remarkably healthy considering, yeah. considering the circumstances these last few years, or, you know, if Bosch were to miss extended time and, and something were to go south with them, I think maybe they look to flip him because of that deal and because he's expiring. Uh, but I think they're they're playing just well enough that they might not want to do that because I think they can. I think they think that they can surpass Boston and maybe get to that that three spot in the East. Yeah, even if they get to that three spot, they'll play somebody like the Pacers, the Bulls, or the Hawks, or the Pistons, Crap, and the Hornets. And you know what? 50-50 toss-up. If they lose 50-50 toss-up for every series other than Cavs Cleveland and, and the eight seed and and Toronto. It, it, right now, if the playoffs started, it would be Toronto and Chicago. And a healthy Bulls team, right. I don't. I mean, that series is is a wash to me. I don't know. I think the Pistons are looming. I think they're going to be a good playoff team. And um, so, yeah. you know, if, if we're talking Raptors-Pistons at the 2-7 matchup, Pistons win in six games, yeah. it, it really would not surprise There's me. There's none, nothing guaranteed in the East at all, outside of, I think, Cleveland. I, I wouldn't say Cleveland's a guarantee to get to the finals, but I think they're a guarantee to win round one and round two. Um, you don't just, think they're guaranteed to win it? Are, are we, no, we're not let's, guaranteed. Let's they're they're two games healthy. up on Toronto. Not a guarantee. I would okay. strongly, strongly, strongly think they will win the East, but not a guarantee. I'm not. I'm not locking it in. You guarantee? Are you guaranteeing anything on the Western side of things here? No, no. I, I, if I want to, if we want to fire up the hot take, trebuchet. Um, Look at you. Go. I would. I would. 
uh, guarantee such a strong word. I would strongly believe that the Spurs don't get to the finals. I think they're I think they're behind Oklahoma City for me. So I you have to guarantee one thing before in the next ten seconds. You have to guarantee one thing about the playoffs, and you're saying that the Spurs. I guarantee the Milwaukee Bucks will not win. No, 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 no. You know what I mean. We're talking the Big Four here, the Big Four teams. You have to guarantee one thing about the Big Four teams. What is it going to be? Spurs don't make the finals. Okay, my guarantee is that the Cavaliers will make the finals. If I, if I like, if the Thunder beat the Spurs, if the Thunder beat the Warriors, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cavaliers didn't make it to the finals. I would be flabbergasted. Because the yes. second best team in the East, that would be such a cakewalk for whatever team in the West would get there. A cakewalk? The finals if cat if the Cavs oh, aren't the Cavs. in it? Yes, no. If we get right. a Raptors Warriors final, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. That would be over. That would be a, basically a redux of the old Nets, uh, Nets Lakers series that we got back to back. Yep. Um. What? Well, actually, one of those might have been. Was it Nets Lakers two years in a row, or was it? It was Lakers Nets and then Spurs Nets maybe. So Nets went back to back and got creamed both times. It was just kind of a, you know, whatever team from the East was going to get beat by whoever made it from the West. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think for basketball's sake, we probably want Cleveland in the finals. Next yeah, question. I think so too. Yeah, keep it moving. All right. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do one more today. Real. Oh, sorry. The Nets lost to the Lakers and then the Spurs back to back. Okay. Well, what do you mean? They well, the Nets didn't make the finals three years in a row. Um, I think you must be mistaken then. So the Nets in 2002, the Nets got swept by the Lakers. And then in 2003, the Nets lost four to two to the Spurs. Other yeah. than that, they haven't been in the finals recently. Yeah, that's, I, I was. I thought it might have been Lakers both years. Oh no, no Lakers okay. Spurs. All right. So here's here's one. This is a little bit. We'll see how this works out. Uh, I don't know if I phrased this correctly, but I hope I did. Stop me when a team says yes to a trade for all three of the future Brooklyn picks, which are owned by Boston. So, you know, would this team trade the X player for all these picks? Mm-hmm. LeBron, KD, Westbrook, Davis. Just give me a couple seconds to think about that one. Westbrook? Davis. Davis. Yeah. No way. <laughs> this is not... You can, You're wrong. How many this times is... have we been over this? You can't ask me a question. And well, I mean, like, why right would the away. Pelicans trade Anthony Davis? I didn't say... I just said I wanted more time to All three Brooklyn it. picks. All three Brooklyn picks. Do we think that this team is going to make the playoffs within the next three years anyway with I don't the roster they have? All I'm saying is, you would you trade this player straight up for the three Brooklyn picks? That's all it is. I would trade Anthony Davis straight up for all three Brooklyn picks. Hard stamp of approval. Okay. You know why? Why? Because... I don't think he's the type of player that's going to put the team on his back, go on a championship run for two reasons. I just don't think he's that player, one, in general. Uh, and two, injuries, man. Injuries, injuries. If we're talking three potentially top five picks, extra top five picks over the next three years, um, and let's not forget that if you're trading away Anthony Davis on this roster, you're going to be a bad team over the next three years as well. You know who did really good with three consecutive bad picks? Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin they Durant. nailed all of them, though. I'm just saying that's best-case scenario. I mean, I would trade Anthony Davis for all three Nets picks for multiple reasons. I think that's okay. fair. I, do you think Boston would do that deal? Ooh. 
I think, I think that's kind of interesting. I think they might. I think they would. I think they might too. Because they still have, I mean, they still have other picks. That's the other thing to remember is right. they're not mortgaging their own future. They're mortgaging the Nets' future. Uh, well, we didn't make it as far into the list as I thought we would. So maybe, maybe your answers would be different than mine. But would the Knicks do it for Przingis? Sure. Towns. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I don't know. I don't know if they would do it. He's great. He's I, so what are good. the odds that you get a better player than Towns out of that? Not great. Well, you don't have to get one player that's better than Towns. You need to get three players that are going to be good for the next 10 years together. And that's that's possible. The other kind of caveat that's interesting with this question is if you're in New Orleans and you trade Davis for the Brooklyn pick, you also have your own pick. That's what I was saying. Is that so they're going like, to have, have six like, really good right. picks over the next three years, where you could essentially just make your team over your six picks. That's why I think it works. Okay. So would you do it? This is one that I thought was interesting. But I, I didn't. I didn't even bat an eyebrow at LeBron, KD, Russ, Davis, Porzingis, or Towns. But I put John Wall in here, mm. and I again, I don't. I certainly don't think Washington's trying to trade John Wall. But with the way that this team is kind of begging to be rebuilt, that would be the ultimate kind of out for them he's 25 years old he's in his prime right now his stats right now are essentially at the peak maybe he's got one or two considering more the cast around him he's been great yeah you know he's been amazing considering the cast around him Ooh, we're, now we're really talking brad beal is just like his whole world has just kind of crumbled over the last month in in terms of his shin issues i I mean, it depends on how much they like Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre. If they're in love with him and they think that they're going to be really good, I don't think you break it up. But um, I don't think they're in love with those guys. Well, then I say yes. Trade them I think the Wizards would do that. I don't know if Boston would. Yeah, Boston probably would do it. What about Clay Thompson? Oh. oh. <laughs> now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Golden State would get absolutely killed. For this deal, for doing this, yeah, no, and they shouldn't do for it right now. I don't think they would do it. No, why would the, why would you do it? No, they're they're at the end year of their plan. Like they are in the everything has worked out in the plan they had five years ago. So why would they just spoil something that actually worked for them? And that's the same argument people are making for the Durant rumors. You know, your plan came to fruition. Why try to spoil it exactly. and, and get better than you are? You just the ceiling is so high already for them. Yes. It just is it worth saying? Well, we're going to win seventy four games this year, but with Durant, we could maybe win seventy six. You know, it, the risk is just not good enough. The only thing I would say uh, to be, play devil's advocate there is, who is your biggest competition over the next four years in getting a title? It's probably whatever team KD is on over the next four years. So would it actually make a whole lot of sense to just take him off the market? I mean, if, I know that sounds crazy, but you're actually kind of diluting the pool if you take him out of uh, off another team, if that makes sense. <laughs> you think they just sign him and then sit him? Yeah, they just bench him. That's, just you know way, like, we just don't want to play against you. So we're not gonna, we don't want you to ruin our team, but we're just going to sit you out so we don't have to deal with you. That's obviously that not what I That would be the move. But do you understand my argument there? I think it's a faulty argument, and I'm just playing with with playing around with nothing. But I don't know. No, no, I think that's I think that's fair. So you're basically saying you sign him to keep him away from other teams, even if well, I the say thing he, about Durant is he can only hurt you so much. You know, I don't you don't, you bring in I don't we, we don't want to go down this rabbit hole. We're going to be talking for another hour, but you bring in Durant, it's not he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. You're not. I don't think this team would bring in Duran and all of a sudden struggle or come out of the gate 10 and 10 because they just can't figure out how to play. 
the rest of that team is so good and they'd still be so deep I and mean, they'd have to make some moves to 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 get rid of some of the ancillary contracts but I mean at the end of the day you have so you'd have a, such a ridiculous amount of talent on that team that it you couldn't it, you could it's impossible to see it just collapsing all right so here's the scenario I want to present to you where getting him on the roster at all costs makes sense what if he goes to the Clippers a Clippers team that has DeAndre Jordan Chris Paul Blake Griffin you say Oh wow! Yeah, we had a good thing going, but we let something happen could that they we could have prevented. Could the I don't know if they that? could, but I'm just saying in general. They would probably have to make a move, but it could be done. Yeah, salary um, cap man. What if they What if they got rid of Griffin and signed Durant in some sort of sign and trade? I don't know how that would have to work. I, I don't think have that's the numbers in front of me. A team, easily a team that could that makes with them this that makes them team. noticeably better, right? Yeah. A team that's already going to yeah. give the Warriors a little bit of trouble if they played today when everyone's healthy. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so we won't go through the full rest of this list. But well, I want to know where you step, so let me let me do it with you. Okay. Uh, so LeBron, KD, Russ, Davis, Porzingis, Towns, Wall. Probably. Right there, John Wall. Uh, Clay Thompson. No, you said Abra. Jimmy Butler. If I'm the Bulls, I should you should do it. It would be a very hard to part with Butler hard to sell because he's one. so good. Kyrie, it's another can't team like it. the Warriors. You can't do it can't because do it. they're you know, timing wise. You can't do it. Sure, uh, Kevin Love. Here's a little more. I don't think you can do it. I think you, as many weaknesses as Love has, I don't know that there's any rookie who will be ready right away to to kind of mat, you know to kind of fill that void. So what PG is this? Paul George. Is that who this PG is? I think another PG. Yeah, it's Paul George. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pal Gasol is one. Oh right, I think you got to do that for Pal Gasol yeah. if, if they're willing to give up the three Brooklyn picks. George, I think I do it. Just kind of the way this team is constructed. You would trade Paul George for. The, He's in this. If I do it, if I have to say yes to Butler, I have to say yes to George, right? I mean, they're kind of yeah. they're basically in the same situations. Yep. Wiggins for sure, yes. Kawhi. Kawhi. Oh, that would be so tough because if you're the Spurs, this is kind of your ticket to retooling your roster post Ginobili and Duncan Parker. Think about it. Yeah, no, those two guys could retire next year. I mean, right. let's, just, let's throw it out there. And that you're at a point where... But they still have Lamar. No, I don't think you can do it. Okay. Okay. Harden. And I'm assuming these this would happen at the deadline, for the yeah, record. Sure. Harden. Um, Houston should do that, but wouldn't. Lillard? I don't think Boston would do that deal. So I don't know. I shouldn't have put him on there. Okay. Uh, Drummond. Drummond. Yeah, I think you got to do that. Okay. Uh, Giannis, Cousins, Dwight, Favors, C.P. Yes, 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 and yes. Okay. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for these. We had a couple more we wanted to get to. We'll try to keep this a little bit shorter. Uh, eventually, we'll get we'll get in we'll do an in depth discussion of Durant and the Warriors at some point. We've been wanting to talk about this for we a while. We can talk about that from now. It's going to be relevant. Four months exactly. It's yeah. going to be relevant. We'll just keep in, teasing it. It's going to be relevant until August. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll get around to that eventually. But uh, we'll do trivia in a second. First, just a quick word from Wix dot com. Do you need a website, DJ? I think I asked you this last time, but do you still need a website? I'm still in need of a website. Yes. Okay. Well, you know why don't you just do it yourself? with wix.com no matter what business you're in wix has something for you it's used by more than 75 million people worldwide wix makes it easy to get your website live today you need to get the word out about your business it all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer made customizable templates to choose from the drag and drop editor tool there is no coding needed you don't need to be a programmer dj nor do you need to be a designer to create something beautiful you can do it yourself with wix.com 
Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. That's where Wix.com comes in with Wix. It's easy and it's also free. So go to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. I must say, uh, when we started our partnership with Wix.com, um, the first read you did, you know, they only had 75 users, and now they've already jumped up to 75 million users. So, That's what, right. What a great Definitely job. not a misread by me. Um, this podcast and Wix.com, just a beautiful partnership. It sounds like we're very much so benefiting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I have used actually, I've checked out Wix in the past, and then it's not a bad deal. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm seriously actually going to do it one of these <laughs> can, days. Wix can use that on their website if they want. It's not a bad deal, Nick Whalen said. Um, <laughs> NBA trivia, as we finish out every podcast. Um, this is probably a little bit quicker than some of the other ones. Uh, I didn't have a ton of time to compile these, but I think they'll be all right. Uh, hopefully they're not uh, too off the wall. So this is one I got to shout out to Cassidy Hubbard, the great Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN. Uh, I saw this stat, actually, so I'm going to kind of glean it from her. Saw this on NBA Tonight last night. So the Suns are 2-14 and 14 in their last 16 games. Obviously, we know they've kind of been spiraling. So that includes last night's loss to OKC. In that 16-game span, which I think began sometime in early January, um, how many times have they allowed a 30-point score? I was Google searching Cassidy. She's the best, by the way. She's great. Yeah. She's great. She's the she's the princess of NBA. I think yes. she's one day gonna well, be the queen of NBA soon. Chris and Ludlow might be coming for that That's title true. too. Uh Stage Steel is also in the conversation. We could Doris have like a Burke, dual yeah. Doris Burke is the queen of the NBA. She's right like the now. Duchess, yeah. Yeah, the Duchess. But we have like three kind of middling uh, potentials. There's for, a ton, yeah. Um for sure. Anyways, my bad. Uh to derail that. I think a whole lot. So 16 game span, 16 game span, 30 point score. I will say 18 or, Oh, well, I guess technically you could have two 30 point scores. Yeah. Uh, no, Kevin Durant, only one. They had 15 Wait, straight games. What? Yeah. Durant was, uh, I think he had 32 last night. They went 15 straight games. They went one and 15 over or two and 15, I guess two and 13 over that span and only allowed and didn't allow a 30 point score. So they went, they spanned from, it was the a Lakers matchup in early January, I believe. Uh, Lou Williams top thirty points against them, and then they lost all those games and didn't allow a thirty point score until Durant. Wow, interesting. I, ne- right? I never cease to look stupid during this segment. Well, it, it made me think of all the times I've been telling people, you know, stack players against the Suns. They're all they're going to go off for a big night. Where I mean, then they have assists, rebounds wise, you know, but. Nobody had scored 30 points against them in, 30, in 15 straight games. Well, I think what that shows you, actually, is that the Suns are just so bad from top to bottom, teams can attack them from anywhere. Well, right. You have multiple guys going for 10-plus points. You right. have guys not playing in the fourth quarter, things like that, that kind of prevent it. But, yeah, I thought that was still pretty astonishing. Based on my answer, yeah. yeah. Very astonishing. <laughs> like, you're close. Um, okay, who are the only two players this season to record 10 assists in a game while scoring only one point? No one has had a zero points, 10 assists game, I checked. But two players have had only one point. This is one of the best questions we've ever had on trivia, by the way. Yeah, it's a good question, but it's also kind of, you know, it's like a, you kind of have to guess, right? It's not yeah. something well, that no, you can. You can. I mean, there are guys out there, like my guess is that I'm going to say that, you know. It's not, Rondo's not one of them. Oh, he ah, was, he was my on. first guess. Yeah, Rondo is my first guess. I'm going to say Shane Larkin. No, that's a good guess, though. Okay. 
Uh, Jarrett Jack? No, no Nets. Okay. One, uh, one's Eastern Conference, the other West. Jose Calderon. Jose Calderon right. is one. Well done. Yeah, see this? You can peg some guys that would yeah. be in the right. for it. All so right. I, right. A, yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't under, underestimate you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I got to get it in while I can. Uh, Western Conference? Yep. Hmm. Just do a quick browse of the Western Conference teams. So yeah, Calderon had 1.10 assists, four rebounds, two steals. Uh, went 0 of 2 from the floor. That was on back in December against Brooklyn in a win. Okay, I have two players in mind, and the first of which would be Ricky Rubio. Good guess. No. Uh, second of which would be Patrick Beverly. No, also a good guess. Brandon Knight. Okay. One I- point, ten assists, two steals. Uh, on, on December 11th against Portland, he went 0 of 12 from the field and 1 of 1 at the line. So there's that. 0 of 8 from, from beyond the arc. Good uh, question. Just, I yeah. like that one. Okay. Uh, third question. I'm going to give you two names. You tell me who's been to more all-star games. Dramatic, right. dramatic pause. Yeah, Chris Bosh or Chris Paul? I feel like this is set up for me to say Chris Paul, of course. But I'm going to say Chris Bosh because I think point guard depth over the last 10 years has been pretty good. So I'll say Chris Bosh. The answer is Chris Bosh. Well done. Jason Kidd or Gary Payton? I'm not pausing for dramatic effect. No, no. I I think any pause we can assume is for dramatic effect. Uh, Gary Payton. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Gary Payton, nine all-star <laughs> appearances. Jason Kidd, ten all-star appearances. Close enough. Third pairing, Tim Duncan or Carl Malone? Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan has 15 all-star appearances. Carl Malone has 14 all-star appearances. Well done. Carmelo Anthony or Ray Allen? Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, eight all-star appearances. It'll be nine counting this year. Ray Allen, ten. All right. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, man, there were some years back in the day when he was with the Bucks when he was crushing it, you know? He was. Even with the Sonics. I think his best statistical years really might have come with Seattle. Well, when he he hit Boston, he was still one of the better players in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Tony Tony Allen cut his teeth by guarding Ray Allen and Paul Pierce in practice. All right, name all 12 members Jeez. of the 1992 Dream Team, which finished the Olympics with a plus 44 average differential. This um, is the original Dream Team, correct? It's the original Dream Team, 1992. Okay, you ready to keep tabs here? I got it. Um, Christian Leitner. Odd one to start off with, but yes. Hey, got to get the college guy out of there. Uh, Magic Johnson. Yes. Larry Bird. Yes. Michael Jordan. Yes. Uh, David Robinson? Yes. Carl Malone? Yes. Sputtering um, <laughs> out. Charles Barkley? That's seven. Okay. Uh, I'm very proud of myself right now, by the way. No, you're doing well. How, how far I've gone. Um, John Stockton? That's eight. So you got two, eh, three small forwards and a center remaining. 
I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull any other names. Okay. All right, well. Let's cut it off there. Clyde Drexler. Okay. Patrick Ewing. Oh. Chris Mullen. Yeah, I was trying to remember his. Yeah, I was trying to remember who the big white guy was on that team. It wasn't Christian Leitner. And Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Scott right. Pippen. I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with my output. Twelve names is a lot. I don't care what, what subject <laughs> we're dealing with, you know? No, yeah. I mean considering we're I mean, were you alive for this team? I would have been one years old. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you have vivid memories of mm-hmm. watching them. Um all right, Michael Jordan. So in the spirit of, of All Star Weekend coming up, Michael Jordan is one of three players to win back to back dunk contests. Name the other two. And they've both been since two thousand. They've both been since 2000? Dunk Contest hasn't been around that long. Yeah, well, 78 ABA, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the NBA was until the 80s. Um, but yeah, two, so back-to-back, who's done it? One of these guys has won only two. The other guy is the only three-time champion. <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointing with my answers here. Um, Vince Carter? Nope, he was one and done. Tracy McGrady? Never won. The rest have come since 2000? I think, I mean, one of these guys was, it was a big deal. I remember being in middle school when he won these back-to-back, and he was the man when it came to dunk contests for a couple of years. Like 03, 04-ish. Jason Richardson. Okay. He's the first one. And then Nate Robinson. He won three out of four at one point. Wow. That seems like a forgotten period in my mind. Yeah. It was kind of the, the dark ages of the dunk contest, I think. For sure. So dunkers, but we have the, I don't know if we've talked about this. I will click. I quickly want to ask you, uh, who do you think is going to win the dunk competition? Because you've gotten deep cut into I, oh, what yeah. type of body types usually Love win the, the dunk, dunk contest. contest. But if we're talking Jason Richardson, Michael Jordan, to Nate Robinson, those are different body types there. They are. And I mean, Dwight Howard won it in that, in right. that uh, time frame as well. I think Aaron Gordon is going to win. I think Levine, I think Levine's going to maybe shoot too high and try something too difficult and not get a dunk down. That's, that's the only thing that can prevent Levine from winning, right? Is if he, that's what everybody's saying. Yeah. As if he misses a dunk. The only, the other thing is with him is the expectations are going to be so high that if he throws down some of the things close to what we saw last year, yeah, I mean, it'll probably get him a 50 you know, for the first time, but I think he he's going to be held to a little bit of a higher standard. So I'm going to go Aaron Gordon. I think you know, my gut maybe tells me Levine, but I'll pick Aaron Gordon. Uh, Drummond will be interesting. I mean, as, as the only big guy and as a guy that I think probably a lot of people wouldn't think would ever consider doing a dunk contest, I think that'll be fun to watch. Barton, yeah, he's just got, he's got the makings of a bust. All right. Yeah, no, I had to get your hot take. The people right. were clamoring about. It. I'm getting, I'm getting hit up on Twitter every day. Let's do, let's do a three point contest because we won't talk until this is over. Sure. Do you have a pick right away? Uh, I'm going Redick. Yeah, that's what I told you. I think we t- we must we talked about this or texted about it not that long ago. I said Redick too. My only I don't concern, know the like Curry and Thompson. Like, how can you bet against either yeah, of those we're guys? We're literally just know. betting against the best. This is such a good the- field. I wouldn't be shocked if any of those guys won it at all. Maybe Bosch. So but even him, is a, he's a good shooter. Yeah. Here's my hesitation with picking Reddick is the dude doesn't know where his toes are. Last year he, he addressed that on his the- podcast. He yes. said he said he hadn't touched a ball in days before that. He's gonna be ready this year. He said I he's think- already he said he's already booked out gym time in Toronto to shoot. Really? Yeah. No, I agree. I I've I've said Reddick from the get go and I forgot about his fiasco last year, but I'm I'm still sticking with it. I kind of forgot about that too. 
he had joked I think he joked himself about it on on either Twitter or on a podcast and I kind of had to look up what he was talking about I must not have been paying that close of attention but I think he'll be back I think he he'll be but- focused he butchered it and he just did. a skills competition it's hard to butcher he would totally win if you had to come off a screen for every yes. rack like he had to go he had to <laughs> yeah. go like v cut and then come around the screen and catch going to the right I mean he would he would probably go 30 for 30 yep all right, so sticking with the all-star theme, uh, we're going to go alma maters as we always do, but this time I'm going to ask you the alma maters of every player who went to college who played in the 2004 NBA All-Star game. Dude, I, I had to eliminate these. a remarkable number of players in this game because of the high school leap. You know, this is kind of the prime for that. I'm um, going to be so no, bad. No, man, at don't this. don't. So bad. You're I lowering mean, let's expectations. Get it over with. Come on, some of these guys are, are easy. You'll be all right. We'll start it off with the softball. Tim Duncan. Wake Forest. I could tell by your voice you don't like this next one, Steve Francis. <laughs> I thought he were, I thought he came out of high school. No. So when you said that you already cleared off the list, I'm thinking like, oh come on, uh, dude, I have no idea. He's a Maryland he, guy. Maryland he went to Maryland. He did. Goodness Great gracious. college player. Shaq. LSU. Ray Allen. UConn. This is a tough one. Sam Cassell. Love Sam Cassell, but I have no idea where he went to where he went to school. I Villanova. That's not that's not the worst guess. Florida State. You know, we had kind of a forgotten college player, I guess, maybe before our time. Brad Miller, Uh, Big Ten guy. A Big Ten guy? Big Ten guy. When you hear this, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Purdue? Purdue. There we go, exactly. (laughs) Thanks for that helpful hint, yeah. Allen Iverson. Georgetown. Ben Wallace. I don't know, Not a D1 school, if that helps. No. Uh, Man. Detroit University? Seems about right, but no, Virginia Union, obviously. Virginia Union? Virginia Union. Yeah, he was... I've never uh, even heard of that place before. Virgi- yeah, I mean, he was BMI, obviously... BMI, Virginia Commonwealth, those... I mean, Virginia those Union. Two. Okay. Vince Carter. Mm, I'm going to get shunned from the basketball Yeah, community. you might have to get fired if you don't one. get this one. Um, we'll edit this part out, or I will. You won't know. You <laughs> I'll won't, just got to blur your voice. North Carolina. Oh, I okay. Yeah, no, I I'm ashamed for not pulling that out quicker. I did know that. I've heard that before. Looked it up, researched about, yep, talked about it. Yep, okay. yep, yep. Kenyon Martin, former National Player of the Year. Kenyon Martin. Nope. Bob Huggins, Glory Days. Kansas State. No, no. Cincinnati. Oh, I, I knew that one too. Jamal McGlore. I have absolutely no idea. Kentucky. Cal- okay. You were going to say Cal Perry. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jason Kidd. I knew he. I know he grew up in Oakland. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a clue. Did he go to Cal Berkeley? He did. All right. Ron Artest, who is still Ron Artest at this point. Man. I think Chris Mullen. I don't know if that helps. St. John's. St. John's. Oh, I did know there that. There you go. Wow, yeah. My recall is, is, is poor. Very poor. Baron Davis. I don't know, man. UCLA. Michael Red, UConn, Ohio State. Never. I and we'll no finish idea. it out with Paul Pierce, big time college player. Yeah. Just listened to his podcast with Woj or Reddick or whoever it was. It was Mannix actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> recall memory sucks, man. No, I think it counts if I say it and you say, "Oh, I knew that." We'll just, we'll just like, "Oh, right, of course, yeah." Uh, he went to Kansas. Oh yeah, Kansas. that's right. He grew yep. up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a he's an Inglewood guy, right? And yeah, then he's ended up Inglewood. Yep. Uh, 
All right, well, that'll do it for trivia. Uh, any other notes that you want to, anything you want to pump up? Any tennis podcasts that no, you want to No, it's you just pimp? like my self-confidence, you know, is, is riding high throughout this podcast. But by the end of trivia, I just feel like I just want to go crazy. Do you want to start with trivia position? and then we could start low and kind of build your way up? I don't know. I just like feel the need to like you can myself me. and overcompensate all my analysis and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You can Maybe you can feed me questions, like pre, pre-scripted <laughs> questions. Okay, so here's the thing is that we have these questions up, you know, like, you know, sometimes on Monday, sometimes Tuesday morning. Sure. It takes everything in my power to not look up the answers to this. <laughs> well, because, I appreciate that you don't. I could prevent the the humiliation, oh, and man. I just don't do it. I think no, that's a testament to who I am as a man. I think and so boom, too. And boom, my self confidence is back up. Get right. us out of here. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that's what this was going to turn into, but <laughs> <laughs> self confidence as a man is honed through basketball trivia. Uh, all right, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Probably going to spend most of the time recapping the dunk contest. I'll be analyzing everyone's movements, everyone's body types, uh, aerodynamics, something that, you know, it's it's huge for the dunk contest. So make sure to tune into that. Um, Happy All-Star Weekend. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.